Warning, in this very special episode of WTF at TFW, I try to remember the details of Robotech Battletech legalities. Don't worry, Seth corrects almost everything. It will only hurt for a few minutes. What the f*** is going on down there? Seth, this is me leading us into the start of the podcast. Oh, I should start recording then. Oh, no. Hey, Seth, this is me leading us into the start of the podcast. Hello, I'm recording. Hey! We got, let me tell you, a hell of a, we got a hell of a, uh, what else we got this week to talk about. Oh, boy. Um... Actually, not really a hell of. It's just it's on the mind a lot because it's getting to the season where I, and it, and, it, and I've got things laid out. Seth, I think I'm going to get back to painting again. Finally, after Ooh. months not painting, uh, I've, I've been painting hardcore lately. I feel almost like I, I feel like the smaller voice right now because I have not been featured on the Games Workshop Instagram page, which is not its name. I forgot what its name is. It's GameWorkshop.com, baby! That's right. So I posted pictures on Instagram, tagged painting Warhammer, as they instruct you to do on their website. And then if they like what they see, then they ask, hey, can we use your picture and your face and your avatar and everything else and your name if we want to? And then you say, yes, take all my rights. And then maybe they put (laughs) your picture on their product pages. Yeah, maybe they squish one of them a little bit because they're using a weird setup for Instagram. No, it's not on Instagram. It's on their webpage. <laughs> I thought that their Instagram was the one, though, that squished one of yours. Or was it on the full-on page? That's on the full-on page. How did they squish an image on a full-on page? Because I was going to let that slide when I thought it was for Instagram. Now I'm not letting no. that slide. Right. Who? <laughs> so, so when they put these pictures on, um, so you go to Game Workshops, Game dash workshop.com and you go to a product page and there's like the official like heavy metal photo studio product like uh like official images yeah edge highlighting right and then they'll also be the community paint jobs which is where your pictures go from instagram if selected then they go into that chunk so it's featured on the page so if you go to game-workshop.com and type in pox walkers all is one word i'm doing this right now and then you'll see the share your miniatures with us section aha and those first two images there oh, are mine geez so they're the squashed slot. to fit the formatting of this page those images Still. were too tall to fit their limitations. I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm I'm maybe repeating something from another conversation, but it would take about about 90 seconds, and I'm saying that tops in Photoshop to, you know, make things fit. <laughs> I'm not trying to come down on Big GW here in a moment of glory, but maybe they don't know who they're dealing with is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah then my uh, group shot of the thorns of the briar queen and the sepular guard 
if I'm uh, pronouncing so that correctly. That one took me a, a month, but I eventually figured <laughs> out it was Sepulchral Guard. Okay. So those two, they're not they're not under the Underworld's um, Shade Spire and Night Vault versions. Yeah. They're under the cheaper, just the miniatures, not the game cards and whatnot versions. Yeah, you're the only one featured here on the on the Briar Queen team. Right. That's pretty and badass. I'm one of a few on the uh, Skelly Boys. Man, just friggin' taken over. And the Skelly Boys picture isn't that great. It's kind of, it's like, it's really dark. Um, but still. Yeah, still. That's they Seth Painting Minis on Instagram is where you uploaded yeah. them originally. Right. So the I haven't used... So when Instagram was brand new, I signed up for it right away. Mm-hmm. And nobody else that I knew was using it. And everyone was of the opinion that it was dumb. And it just didn't seem like anything. So I stopped using it. And now it's massive and huge and everybody uses it. <laughs> yeah, you just posted one thing and then suddenly the entire company is reaching out to you. Yeah. No, I posted like 20 images all in like one day. It reached out to you 20 times. They just were, um, they saw, they saw the talent. They saw the, uh, yeah. the evil green. Yeah. Well, so seeing the thing where it's like, sure, your miniatures on Instagram with this tag. And I was like, you know what? I'll dust off that Instagram account. I'll change my username and I'm only going to post miniature pictures there. But I'll still post them on Facebook and on Twitter because I need as much admiration as possible because I need to feed my ego because I am a monster. <laughs> also, that point, that point, the whole conversation we had about whether the, the heavy metal paint jobs were a greeny blue or a bluey green, uh, having your photos now in the photo reel cycle makes it real, like, extra triple clear to me uh, what's greener and what's bluer. So uh, this is helping me out post-mortem on that conversation yeah um well congratulations seth thanks that is some good recognition also them some good paint jobs thanks anyone says otherwise they got an answer to me and my my two friends lefty and righty those being my fists i'm threatening violence on people over their comments on my friends paint jobs miniatures yeah who's gonna start something yeah, I'm getting close to finishing uh, the. Um, oh geez, Storm uh, Boys. <laughs> uh, he has Stormcast, the, the most <laughs> Stormcast uh, Evocators. He has Something the most else? friggin' that's is that are those the ones with the sorcerers like with the the yeah, magic the, wielders, the, the wizard space marines. <laughs> they have they have the most that guy who lead the, the name character has the most friggin' Games Workshop ass name. It's like Avaron Stormsire, and it's like yeah, sure. What's your real name? <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's not your real name, friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting close to finishing them. They're cool models. I still have, I did Zenithal priming on all the Night Vault stuff, and I thought it looked really cool, and I was all hyped to do some painting, and I didn't, and now they got those contrast paints coming out, and I'm like, well, now I'll just wait, because I did Zenithal up to a pure white, so I want to know what happens now. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to experiment with that type of priming when I do the uh, Gloom Spike gets, which I think will be next. Yep. So I have three different um, Storm 
cast warbands. So I think what I'm going to do is alternate. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a stormcast group and then something else and then a stormcast group and then something else. And I'm going to do them all in different colored armors. Yeah. As my plan too. Like I might stick with some of the gold, but I'm not doing blue on maybe I might do it on one of them, but I probably won't. Uh I just have other ideas. Uh it's it's not going to be canon and I challenge someone to start something. Well, I'm going to do canon colors like I found a chart. Ooh. With uh, official color schemes. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm not doing any more primarily gold armor. So for the ones oh. with the crossbows, I'm going to do a black armor with uh some bits of gold. And then for the ones that came in uh shade spire, I'm going to do more like a steel color with a blue in yeah. like the same places that they are on the gold gold boys. For all my bluster, I say all that. What's probably going to happen is purple, pink, or turquoise will end up being the main colors because that's just what happens when I start laying colors on things. Okay. Uh, yeah, make up your own gang. It doesn't matter. I got. I'm actually real hyped to do up some tau that I have for kill team in silver, and then put that contrast turquoise over top. After I saw some videos, yeah, uh, it looks like it's friggin' cool. Um, but Seth, uh. That's our mini painting minute preview for new podcasts. Mini painting minute. <laughs> if someone took it, I'm going to be super mad. Uh, let's uh, move along. And uh, I have a prediction here. And listen, I'm just going to say it again. Look, I tried to find Transformers. I didn't. Apparently, Toronto's in a drought. Uh, or at least, according to the sightings thread on Cybertron CA, it's in a drought whenever I go looking. So uh, I'm trying. You got yeah. there too late. Yeah, apparently someone else bought the two Transformers that we get every five weeks. <laughs> like, I see in Starscream, someone bought the $50 sound waves at Silver Snail, and I can't fathom why. Uh, they still got $50 Siege Starscreams, which is not at all in my future. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm holding out summer. I expect we're going to have summer sales. We're going to have summer stock spikes. We're going to have all that fun stuff. I'll get there a couple months later than everyone else. And who cares? But that also means I got nothing new on topic this week that I can think of. Uh, not for lack of trying as like, I was going to say, Seth, I, unless you got a surprise for me, I suspect you're (laughs) in the same position here. So I went to target yesterday. Yeah. And I don't know what's going on there. Because it's going on at least two months where the deluxe Transformer pegs have been bare. Mm -hmm. Like, just empty pegs for a couple of months now. Yeah. Um, And then I think the only leaders that they had was, there was, like, one Megatron. And then Mm -hmm. they, they had, like, the smaller size classes. But, again, those are also all old at this point. Yeah. And then I work my way down the toy aisle. I go to the Star Wars section. Um, Two-thirds of the Star Wars section was Power Rangers. Well, well, well. (laughs) And then I went over to the Marvel section, and they had the new two-packs, which was Mm -hmm. nice, but um, I, I don't need them. And then they had all but one of the Fortnite, or not Fortnite, um, Overwatch figures. So that was the first time I've seen those in person. Hmm. Uh, I didn't buy any because I'm 
not into Overwatch anymore. If those if those came out when I was really into Overwatch, I would have bought them all. But uh, I'm okay now. That being, doing, huh? As you say, they're doing a hard enough push on them that like Overwatch seems like a game that like every year or two now is going to cycle back when you're just like, I wonder. And the way they're producing those figures, I feel like if you cycle back onto Overwatch for a weekend and you're like, hey, I mained Reinhardt a whole bunch. I wonder if I want to go get Reinhardt. There'll probably be a bunch of Reinhardts. That was the out. one they didn't have. Damn. There was no Reinhardt. That figure also was like, so I, having picked up that figure, that almost like in and of itself told me, yeah, for me, Marvel Legends just doesn't do it anymore, because that was like, I got to buy a -a Build-A-Figure who was bigger than a Marvel Build-A-Figure, but for (laughs) less than the cost of a Marvel Build-A-Figure, and I was just like, you broke your own formula, unfortunately, for me. If they (laughs) had the Reinhardt, if they had the Reinhardt, I may have been super tempted. Yeah. But, all that being said, um, a very long time ago on Big Bad Toy Store, I pre-ordered a Transformer that took forever to actually come in. Mm-hmm. And then it sat on my pile of loot because I had nothing else um, come in from pre-order until that little countdown timer came to an end and they auto-shipped it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that came today. So hey. I got Power of the Prime's Dinobot Sludge. Oh, man. I never saw Sludge in stores ever. I remember this. And it's the only one of the Power of the Primes Dinobots I don't ha- or didn't have. Yeah. So now I'm done with the Dinobots. You did it. Yep. So I got home. I ate dinner. I opened the box. And then I came up here to record the show. So I haven't opened it. Um, I'm sure anybody that cares about Dinobot Sludge from Power of the Primes already knows everything they need to know about it and you don't need my opinions anyway <laughs> so i need i need one opinion uh what? even though it was it was a long time in the working and technically just it was a toy that accidentally shipped to you after 90 days uh <laughs> was there a, a small feeling of just that little like i did it i have completed the combined uh, dinobots there were a couple of times i almost canceled the pre-order but mm. i would always stop because it was like I have all the other Dinobots. I just, yeah. <clears throat> I just I know that if I cancel it, a day will come where I'll be annoyed that I canceled it. Yep. So now I could just be annoyed that I have them all <laughs> instead of being annoyed that I'm missing one. <laughs> you know what? It's like it's as the old saying goes, which I'm making up on the spot. It's it's better to be miffed with what you have than uh, miffed in wonder of what you do not. As the old saying goes. It's deep. It's deep, yeah. yo. I know it is. I think that was... Was that Confucius? Uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> definitely someone in, in Confucius's extended family at some point. Um, it, was, it, it was someone named Confucius, just not the famous one. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, uh, the Wisconsin Confucii. Uh, well, congratulations Joe Confucius. on yeah, John, <laughs> Joe, Joe, and Joe Confucius, son of Jimmy Confucius, uh, famed banjo player. Uh, oh yeah, taught Steve Martin everything he knows. That's right. 
Listen, you can read it all in the biography. I'm not going to upsell it. I'm just going to say it's on Amazon right now. Seth, we got a listener question from Rexodus. Yeah, well, how do you like that, haters? I got something. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> um, legit, I am I am happy that you completed that. And some someday, I can't wait till you finally put Volcanicus together and say, huh. I probably never will. <laughs> Well, that's that's the wonder that you didn't. That is, oh, I forgot what I said. Now it's the one you didn't see, except that you can see it by just clacking the toys together. That's what the that was what what Frankie Confucius said. It was his son. Uh, Rexidus says, "Good morning, afternoon, or indeterminate time of day you find folks at the transforming table." This is Brian once again with a question I forgot to ask. Have you find folks ever heard of or played the tabletop game Mechamorphosis or the updated version Mechagenesis? It's a pen and paper game designed to be a Transformers-inspired game. I didn't play it much, but do quite like it. Granted, nowadays, I would rather use Fate Accelerated, but those were some good systems. Until next time, I bid thee farewell. So I hadn't heard of this. Uh, I did not know there was a tabletop game out there that was specifically based on uh, converting robots. So I went looking, and I looked up Mechagenesis... And, and this is what I saw. And then this made me think of a whole long story I remember from my childhood. Mechagenesis, the True 20 robotic roleplay sourcebook. And I look at it, uh, and for some reason, the layout of the cover super reminds me. Seth, do you remember that period when there was a Robotech tabletop game and it got into a huge... Not Robotech, it was like a Robotech Mech Warrior tabletop game. Battletech? It was about there was one that had Robotech in it, and it became a big thing with Harmony Gold, and it was the one where they won. And it, it, I, I dare say it's what got Harmony Gold onto their big chain of going like, wait, we can do this. We can chase people away from. Well, from Palladium that- Games had a full-on licensed Robotech RPG. Yeah, and then BattleTech was. Um, a table more a tabletop strategy game like later they would put out books that would add rpg elements to it if you choose mm-hmm. um but the the earlier uh books and miniatures and whatnot for battletech um just straight ganked um a bunch of anime mech designs like mm-hmm. not just from macross like they they took everything from macross like they were straight up valkyries and in it and all the battleoids and uh at least at least one of the zentradi like not the uh the battle pods but like the the officer one yeah like the ones that look like the arms yeah yeah um um yeah and then like stuff from other um anime series too um man i can't remember the title of the one but you would totally recognize the mech design i i Um, I would assume it's from that same school of of 80s anime mecha yeah so likely that's that's who got sued because there was a point where they just redesigned all those mech like they kept the names and they totally redesigned them and like you could kind of see how they were meant to be the same thing but what weren't and uh that it always bummed me out (laughs) because i didn't like the newer versions nearly as much yeah um so that's probably what what you were thinking was battletech 
in in my Google searching, because I only really looked up Mechagenesis, I was actually just looking up Mechamorphosis. This is a weird crisscross. Did you know Mechamorphosis was also used to, this is the original version of Mechagenesis, Mechamorphosis is also used to refer to the transformation of robots in fiction relating to the Robotech anime setting, primarily in the novelizations written by Jack McKinney. I read a lot of those Jack McKinney novels, let me tell you. I don't I didn't remember that word, but uh there's also a lot more I found a lot more review coverage of the Mechamorphosis system, which came out in two thousand four, published by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm like there's a whole lot of crisscross here in my personal history that's freaking me out a little bit. Uh it's a D twenty system. It's very much based on Transformers, apparently. Um it it's it's giant transforming robots battling for freedom and nexus energy on Earth. Uh, there's a, a bunch of chapters of like alternate forms is a whole chapter. There's four core classes. Uh, apparently it's designed to just be like pick up and go have one night of, of RPG gaming on a table with some friends. I kind of want to look this thing up a little bit more now because it sounds like it was pretty okay. Um, it's just, that it, apparently it was very lore light, but the system sounds like people enjoyed it. So if, if anyone listening knows about Mechamorphosis or Mechagenesis, you, you can tell me more about Mechagenesis because I'm seeing a lot less about it. Partly because I think there's also a lot of things called Mechagenesis. Uh, yeah, there's an entire I, robotics company that just showed up in my <laughs> my thing here. Yeah, I tried Googling both titles quickly before we started recording. And uh, I couldn't find much information. Like, I found a couple web stores where you could buy a PDF. Yeah. The like rules. I, I could get the Mecha Genesis PDF for seven fifty, which I mean, maybe I should just do it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll do it later. Uh, that's a drive through RPG.com uh, where I believe I also had found, Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. Oh no, it is drive through. I was looking up um, the game fiasco. Uh, Cause I really enjoyed on, on the giant bomb cast, uh, Beastcast side, they've they've played Fiasco a couple times uh, on Christmas New Year's, and uh, it sounds like a really fun game as well. But uh, yeah, I wish I knew more about this game because this kind of sounds like something I'd like to try playing if I if I knew it better. Uh, I'm still not very good at table topping. Seth, you've got a lot more tabletop under your belt than I do. Um, yeah. I don't know about necessarily with like your exact play group, but would you see yourself trying out uh, a game like this with this sort of system? Um, maybe. Um, the group I have are all pricks. <laughs> yes, I didn't. Listen, I wasn't going to say don't it. No, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, and it's like hurting cats with these people to try to get them to settle down yeah. for anything. Um. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be against trying it out. I just don't mm-hmm. know if my group is the group to try it out with. Yeah, in my case, it's mostly like I'm. I'm very bad at being able to commit to multi-evening regular table toppings but if this game works for like a one night like fun thing for a couple hours i'd be way into it yeah um you know what for tfcon i'll try to take a look at this thing uh i just yeah, i wouldn't be able be to idea yeah i just wouldn't be able to commit to like hey we're gonna have weekly uh mechagenesis for the next six weeks because i'd be like well i don't know where i am every night every week right now yeah no uh, right like make up some set characters make a little adventure like, yeah like one or two encounters at the most uh plan for it to be short and then 
wrangle in a handful of people to play and just go, okay, here's the characters you guys pick. So yeah. you save that whole trouble because it could take longer to make characters than it is to play a game. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, <clears throat> over on, on D20 Live, I've been on a couple of their live stream sessions because the fellow who does it is is semi-local. So when I get there, he's basically already made our characters for us. And he's a very good GM, uh, Big Mike is. So I don't have to think about any of that. I just ask him, like, what are we doing and where are we? And he rolls with it real well. I've only died once, if you don't count paranoia. Uh, and it was it was a situation... Well, if you're not we dying were... in paranoia, then you're not playing paranoia. Yeah, I've died plenty of times in paranoia. Uh, oh, paranoia is fun with Mike. Oh, those are good times. <laughs> anyway, that's I'm starting to drift a little bit, but uh rexodus thank you for for bringing this up i had never heard of this and this sounds really interesting so if anyone listening knows the system or its sequel uh like chime in um i want to i want to get more into these kind of pick up and play d20 games i've been really looking into uh in not just fiasco there's also another one this all austin walker is a very good dm so maybe i'm biased having listened listened to his skills in that venue but fiasco and lasers and feelings but lasers and feelings is just a one sheet free rpg but it's kind of it's fantastic i think uh and i I really want to try that one out too sometime with some friends um but thank you for sending that in uh yeah i uh on miniature market they have a thing called the the drop mm -hmm. where um what they add a new thing to it every day and then every day the thing is up on the drop um the price continues to drop so the gamble is do you wait for the price to come down more or do you get it because yeah. if you wait too long then it sells out and it's over yeah, get it yeah um so i was just watching and watching and watching and like the starter set starter box set of that warhammer 40k rpg was mm-hmm. on there and it was like 40 percent off and i went eh i'll just order it yeah and uh maybe i'll play it someday maybe i won't but uh well, whatever the case uh, you want maybe i will <laughs> you got a 40 you got games workshop you won <laughs> yeah then i came back and i checked uh uh, the next morning and uh, it wasn't on the thing anymore so if hey. i didn't get the last one i got like the second to last one <laughs> yeah you you uh without someone like really hacking their way in there you provably won is what i would say yeah you won Too bad it doesn't come with miniatures it comes with just yeah. cardboard tokens for the characters you can get them laminated oh if it came with miniatures that ish probably would have sold out in a blink yeah um if you look in the uh, Discord chat there, I sent you the covers of some of the early Battletech books, and you yeah. tell me that they didn't just straight jack uh, so Matt Cross. Fir- first, first one kind of looks like a Destroid. Second one, that is... Oh, no, those are both straight up Destroids from... Yeah from macros like like the first one with that background at a glance you might not immediately say destroyed depending how hardcore you are i'm a little casual with my destroids like i mean second one like that's a destroyed but you put urban camo on it uh third one that is roy foker's vf1s (laughs) (laughs) just standing there with the word battle tech over it (laughs) yeah so if harmony gold didn't sue them (laughs) then uh, whatever the company that owned Macross in Japan 
totally would have been in their rights to sue them. They didn't even yep. pretend these. Now, Battletech light granted lights. this Battletech stuff started coming out before um, Robotech. Yeah. So nobody knew nothing back then. St- still, but... the the first two I feel like are doing a little bit of work to to kind of hide, put a little, you know, put a napkin on top of part of it. The that Light Lance one is just straight up like they're like, hey, we we can get away with this. <laughs> just tr- draw Roy Foker's VF one S standing in a snowy plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With and... the Skull Squadron markings on it. <laughs> And the art in a lot of the books, like even though they were straight, the the Destron designs, they they did them in a little more of a Western style. Yeah, like with like more panel lines, um, a, sl- a little bit different proportions, um, just kind of rendered in a more mechanical way, but it, it was still extremely ip infringing (laughs) extremely in fact impressively uh this stuff did make it off a printer in north america it they they did it pat on the back fasa um and it wasn't uh, just macross it was a bunch of yeah they were they were cribbing piles yeah um seth i want to i want to bop along to this next question here from rocket j mox who's got some things to say uh says hello evangelist and crew that's not everything rocket j mox has got to say uh there's something that's bothering me about the siege line some of the alt modes flat out piss me off prowl is completely off but at least if you squint at it he looks like a police car ironhide is visible arm syndrome Soundwave, man i don't even however i think we can mostly agree that their respective bot modes are spectacular quite possibly their best expressions since ever uh, I would love to have these guys in my chug collection, especially since I'm relatively new to collecting and don't have a lot of deluxes. I have Sideswipe and Hound, and they look great on the shelf next to their generation's cousins. These guys have also got great alt modes that actually resemble their original Earth alt modes, so I'm very happy with them. It's just that I can't get past how lazy and awful some of the other alt modes seem to me. Soundwave in particular actually upsets me as much as toys can upset me, you know, because he's one of my favorite characters. I'd like a Soundwave collection starting with my childhood G1 pal, but just can't get past that space sled barge hover rocket vehicle thing i have for the moment at least resolved not to buy these figures that in my opinion have sorry in my honest opinion have bad alt modes and it sucks because i could see how those bot modes are awesome there's definitely a fomo element compelling a purchase but at the same time i don't want to reward bad design from hasbro could i live with a sound wave that will never see his alt mode so then podcasticons what are your respective perspectives on the importance of alt modes has a bad alt mode ever put you off buying a figure if so which figure? Did you later come to regret that choice? Did you go back on that decision and purchase said offending figure anyway? Thanks for keeping me entertained on my commute. Rocket J. Mox, I'm going to take a big weight off your shoulders. I think that it's okay for you to buy that sound wave because I'm going to buy it and I'm going to encourage lots of people to reward that wonderful spaceship design that I love. <laughs> so don't worry about it. I'm I'm going to see to it that your protest non-buy will become a drop in the bucket in the face of big space sled barge hover rocket vehicle thing so guiltlessly you can pick it up just leave him in robot mode and if people ask him if ask you if he transforms you just be like no nah, it's uh it's one of them third party uh action figures it doesn't actually have an alt mode then you win then we all win and most of all siege soundwave wins the best voyager uh, of the line I don't own one. Seth, 
what are your feelings on uh, on alt modes? Um, yeah, there's been lots of times where I've been disappointed with one mode or another, but usually as long as I think the robot looked cool, then I was forgiving of alt modes that I felt were lacking. Um, so yeah, I, I can't think off the top of my head any time that I specifically didn't buy a figure because I didn't like the alt mode. Um, but I could, I could totally understand that. Yeah. Like if you wanted a really cool sound wave and the sound wave doesn't do what you want it to do, then that's, I think, part of the equation on your decision. Yeah. And I mean, if I also, if I was listening to a podcast on my commute and someone was just screaming at me how they're going to buy tons of it because I don't like it, I mean, I would probably triple down on not buying it. Uh, I'm just having my fun because it, both I like that sound wave and also I like that sound wave's alt mode a lot more than Sideswipe and Hounds. So I'm just literally on the other side of the color wheel here as far as alt mode taste. But I think this the, this this is a somewhat important thing. To me, it's like the alt mode matters, but if the transformation's really good and the alt mode does not, to me, look like the robot in a position, then I'm sort of okay with it like it's it's definitely gonna take it down a peg but transformation uh satisfaction matters more to me than alt mode uh delivery so also if like like i think the robot mode is still one of the most important things for me and if there's like here's an example if there's a robot mode that feels compromised due to a transformation that isn't very good into an alt mode i don't really like uh then i see that as a huge mark against it that toy being fans toys rogue or rc so in in that sense like it's sort of is it's one element but it's not the be all end all for me um i do think alt modes are important though and i think it's actually it's it's nice to hear someone cares about them in the current era of i have a bunch of robots on my shelf um it's it's refreshing. It's like when when the fellow a couple of years ago told me that he collects one of each character and was now trying to pursue which Trypticon he wanted, and I thought that was also pretty fascinating to hear about. Um, I can't think of one where I've like regretted the choice of being put off of a figure, because uh, usually it's the other way around. Um, there was a figure that I kind of wish I'd picked up who I skipped, and I can't remember what it was anymore because this was from like sometime in the mid two thousands. Uh, and I can't remember anymore. It might have been one of the scrap metals from Cybertron, but that regret, I think, was mostly after they became hard to find, and it was very ephemeral and of the moment. It was mostly because I didn't get it, and now it was gone. Um, it's like that thing, Seth, with you and, and Power of the Prime Sludge, yeah. in a way, but in the other direction. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, letting us be a part of your commute, and uh, and my apologies for hopping on and, and completely abusing that platform for a second, Rocket J Mox, but I appreciate the question, uh, and I hope that that was a satisfactory answer. Seth, anything else you want to throw in about alt modes? No. You ever have, you ever have times huh. where you're like, this alt mode sucks, but I just, I like this robot so much. So much. Yeah, um... There's been several times over the years. Like, I think there was a... Wasn't there a Cyclonus not super long ago? Yeah! Where the jet was lacking, but the robot still looked rad. 
Yeah. Like there a couple big gaps or something. Yeah, it sort of it sort of tends to happen with like most every Cyclonus that comes out. There's something about <laughs> him that like really messes with with transformation. Actually, yeah, Cyclonus is kind of a perfect case. I like a lot of Cyclonus toys because of the robot modes, and I'm often let down by the alt modes, but then they do the robot well enough. Um, that I think he fits this bill quite well. That's it. I also want to someday. I want to try to figure out scientifically why it is Cyclonus always has trouble coming together in alt mode in the physical. Like it's, it is kind of weird. Like the, all the third party ones, in my opinion, all suffer in some way or have to overcomplicate in some way to get to the alt mode. And I'm like, like how does this keep? What is he doing? That's so weird. His arms just move here and his legs go up here. What's he doing? Uh. Anyone who's worked on a Cyclonus toy and wants to reach out anonymously, please let me know. I want to hear some. I want to hear some inside info. I want to hear some. Uh, I want to hear some backhanded gossip on Cyclonus. Give me that. Uh, in the meantime, Seth, we got one more listener question. Okay. This one's from Daniel Zonenberg. He says, "Hi, I have a question for both teams." So I'm, I'm going to leave this up to Aaron and TJ to remember to ask me to ask them because i'll probably forget uh evangelist you said in past you have a hard time letting go of things in your collection because so many items still engage you even if you forgot about them for a while i face a somewhat related dilemma in my day-to-day collecting life when i go to play with my toys it's often incredibly hard to avoid grabbing more than just the one i came for off the shelf or out of the bin it often devolves into my free time being spent grabbing a bunch of toys i like and fussing over which ones i'm actually going to fiddle with instead of actually fiddling with them it means i still really love a large portion of my collection but sometimes i worry that this sensory overload might not be good even though it feels good do you guys experience this feeling of being overwhelmed not because you have so much stuff but because you have so much stuff that you like how do you deal with it once again thanks for your advice the real hypo man uh this actually really is a great explanation of half the time i go to order food online if i decide to order in is i look at all the good places i can order from and then i spend literally an hour not being able to decide, I settle on one, but then during that hour, it closed. So now I have to go back and start the whole process over again. It's, 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 it's a real, it's a real, this one's well, these all classify as like hardcore first world problems. But I, I'm feeling this one a little bit in, in maybe a different context. Uh, I have gone through this years ago when a lot more of my stuff was kind of directly compacted into the same couple of storage spaces uh and and units and shelves and um it i i kind of can feel it for some reason it just kind of went away after a while um because i just feel like no i just want to mess with the thing i saw because they're all still here um and and they're not going anywhere so that's kind of how i did it i guess but i don't know seth how are you feeling about this question well most of the time if i'm playing around with things from my collection it's in taking pictures mm-hmm. and trying to do silly stuff um so that's more focused i think mm-hmm. um yeah i don't think i've had like the same kind of issue that uh that was described here but uh i could totally see how that could happen yeah. I more had a problem with pulling stuff out to take pictures or whatever and then not putting them away and then just having a table with stuff piling up on to or next to it. Um, that, that was always something I didn't do a good job with. I'm <laughs> not putting I'd, the stuff I'd say away that's, again. That's totally a sibling problem, I think, where it's like, 
instead of being confronted with like, I want to mess with all these at once, it's kind of like you look at a table where you're like, oh, I messed with all of those and I like them and I got to put them back. Uh, I think, I think there's a real, there's, there's a, a through line between these two issues. Speaking of someone who has very much done the table of stuff I'm done with, but don't want to put away. Uh, I, I, I triple feel that one. I don't have to go to takeout food to feel that one. I just, I don't, uh, have as much opportunity to create that problem anymore. Cause my girlfriend will put the kibosh on it pretty quick and be like, you need to put all this stuff away. Mm. Um, clean it up. There are people coming over. Clean it up. <laughs> I do not like, want my house covered in toys. You have two detolfs to put that stuff in. It's like, but the detolf door is closed right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, they don't go in there. They go in these Tupperware bins. <laughs> I'm just trying to get it. I, was, I couldn't even get through saying it. it's the idea that you might just go like, the detolf door is closed, though. <laughs> I'd have to pull it open and oh it's kind of scary to open those doors because the magnet lets loose and the whole thing shimmy and shakes and all the shelves are rattling around yeah I, I try not to open those doors any more than I have to honestly it's terrifying you just hold the top when you open them all right I think uh, that's what I do I brace I a little basically I kind of try to open it as gently as possible Ah. Like I slowly apply increasing pressure until the door kind of pops open. Yeah, I think I think I I do it like a mixture of that, but also like doing a counter push on on another part of like the larger structure with my other hand. This is a weird conversation, but I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Seth, you sent me some more photos of BattleTech's chicanery. Yeah, so apparently just from clicking around, I'm learning that the IP infringing designs have been dubbed the Unseen Mechs. Oh. And then they're redesigned, um, trying not to be so infringy designs or the Reseen designs. And then apparently Harmony Gold did try to sue Hairbrain Schemes um, in advance of their kick-started Battletech game, which is available on Steam. Mm -hmm. I heard about that. Yeah, and I guess it didn't pan out for him because that game came out. (laughs) Harmony Gold's gotten a lot less good at winning those scenarios, thank goodness. Well, probably because they redesigned everything. Yeah. And they only have passing resemblances at this point. Boy, that, like... (laughs) The amount of the amount of glog that's no longer in the Reseen Marauder is is pretty funny to look at. Yeah. The the big glog overhead cannon has turned into a little Megatron gun stuck to the side of the cockpit that has got to <sighs> suck to shoot when you're in the cockpit. It's so close to the cockpit. <laughs> uh, so anyway. I used a Marauder quite a lot playing Battletech back in the day, back in these IP infringing days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I even, I remember that big cannon was a, a gauze rifle and uh, the arm guns were PPCs hmm. for projectile particle cannons. I remember PPCs from the one, I think it was Mech Warrior 4. It was the, the Mech Warrior game I played a lot over the joystick on my laptop way back in the day. Okay, wait, it was either a gauze rifle or an auto cannon. 
That part I don't remember. I just remember PPC okay. all of a sudden because I, I ran a mech with yes. PPCs. Um, it was a good a lot game. of damage, but a lot of heat. Yeah, that was just a fun game because I actually had a flight stick that I could use with it, and that made me feel like I was driving a real mech warrior. Ooh. I was a real mech warrior. Uh, thank you, Daniel Zonenberg, <laughs> for the question, by the way. Um, and uh, I would say, like, you're like, given how you're wording your problem, it is definitely a, an overt positive. I think it's just mostly like, hey, if you want to go mess with a figure, just grab the one you want to mess with, and then like, I don't know, keep rest and arms reach, but don't worry too much about grabbing everything. Just uh, go with feeling, because uh, since we don't live in Toy Story, they won't go anywhere. Uh, they'll be waiting. Um, this might be a personality thing too, but uh, you know, just just roll, roll, roll with the groove that you're roll with the tune you're hearing. Dance with the waves. Something, something. I was working on a project recently that has a lot of stuff that takes place in 1967, so I got all this like hippie aesthetic uh, kind of floating around in my brain. Um, it's good stuff. Seth, hey. uh, this brings us to what else we got this week. Um, so I. I uh, I got I I didn't I didn't so much get as I did build. I've been putting a lot of Tamiya plastic cement on things, so I'm getting tired of having unbuilt miniatures. <sighs> um, and I have a foam case for miniatures that didn't really have many miniatures in it. And then I had this like tower of little tower of about five or six boxes, and I was like, what if I make that tower go away and all disappear into the foam case that I already have? And it's been working out. Um. So just recently I've been building some, some like I think I mentioned earlier, some Kill Team Tau. And uh, boy howdy, Tau are fiddly weird little dudes, let me tell you. <laughs> and they are complicated things to figure out how you're supposed to build them because they have a billion options. And I'm like, I just want a little bit of everything from so I can, I can you know, sprinkle in stuff on a Kill Team. Um, so I've mostly just been doing that for the last little while. Uh, it was them. I had some, uh, I had some leftover... Um, Stuff from Night Vault, Warhammer Underworlds that I had to file away into my my Underworlds foam case. Uh, I think that's most of what, what I've been. What was it? It was the last two the the Sylvaneth Wood Elves, like literal oh. Wood Elves, and oh. uh, all the little dwarf guys with all like the the one who's floating around in his his metal balloon. These steampunk dwarves. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about those. They are weird. If uh, I really wanted to do squats for 40k, I would probably be excited because those would be an easy conversion. Yeah, yeah. The aesthetic on them is kind of odd. The thing I—it's weird. The leader is the one on the aforementioned metal balloon that's floating. He's floating around on. I think he looks kind of like a goomba and a little bit goofy. But also, I really appreciate the trick they did to make him float because he's got like an the chain of an anchor f that's just sort of hanging near one of his feet, and that's what is attaching him to the base. And it's very subtle, but I I, I kind of dig it. Yeah, uh, it, it's a really cool trick, and I, I like that part. I just wish he wasn't floating around on <laughs> literally a metal <laughs> balloon uh, with a harpoon gun. He just looks very silly. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of a lot of that. A lot of some micro. I like building models. It's because plastic uh, for 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 miniatures is real easy to do conversion stuff with. Like really, just ham fisted conversion stuff, and I, I enjoy that part. I need to just get to the actual painting bit again. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, that's really most of what I've been doing this past week as far as on topic or off topic uh, acquisition is building models. Um, 
like I picked up one of those one of the new uh, new Kill Team Elite sets because uh, they were Chaos Terminators and not like the the generic ones, but they had like the Scarab ones, and uh, and I already had some Thousand Suns those yeah. working on, so I, I grabbed them. Apparently, they're no, not really all that great for Kill Team, but I don't care because they look cool. <laughs> so I uh, I fully magnetized most of the squad so I can swap all their arms around. Oh, cool. Um, I've been I've been doing That's a lot a good of that. Idea. Yeah, I, I got into magnetizing a year or two ago for it was for War Machine originally, and I started doing it for 40k, and like it, I I I magnetized. I had the the Tau stealth suits to build, and I magnetized the arm on one of them because there's an arm swap option, and uh, I like doing that because it makes me feel like I'm I'm taking away what Games Workshop wants me to do, which is to buy the model multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm tempted to to go get that uh, Nurgle crew. Yeah. Um, those terminators one of them is super super gross where it's like all this like almost liquefied flesh squeezing out the back yeah I, uh, I got, it's real gross looking i got them on my to be built docket and wow. i want to the thing i got to do with them is i'm trying to i I, got, I was looking at the instructions i got to actually start snipping parts to get a clearer idea because i want to magnetize all of their weapons and it's it's potentially gonna be super easy to do but that depends on how many shoulder pads they provide to me uh once i figure that out then i'll know what to do next the upside is that their mm. aesthetic is the their armor aesthetic is close enough to orc in that it's very ramshackle that i could probably just yeah. like make a shoulder pad if i need to um yeah. out of some sprue bits but uh, this this Tamiya cement and the Tamiya extra thin cement, uh, they're both very different, and I like having the two of them. They've been really making uh, building plastic kits way easier for me. Uh, it's like in a little glass container, and there's a brush in the cap, uh, and it's just it's it goes on super easy. It dries super quick. Can paint on an extra layer on the seams afterwards if something's kind of kind of hinky. Um, but yeah, uh, I've been been doing a bunch of that and looking forward to doing some more painting now that i've moved my filming table to my living room and i've been making more room in my living room so that eventually i can film and paint on that table next to uh either an ac or an open balcony door uh <laughs> which is really nice compared to doing it all in this one stuffy little bedroom next to a computer and a bed um best best idea i've actually executed on in a while the problem is it's taking me literally weeks to get everything moved around so it's actually comfortable to do anything but that's that's mostly my own problem um seth let me bop over to you what, what have you been up to uh this past little while okay so let me see so last weekend um one of the local hobby stores um fundamonium as name? it is known they um i'm skimming through images real quick to see if there's anything i'm forgetting from the prior week and i do think there is anyway okay so um i get an email because i'm on their email list and it's like hey this is what's going on memorial day weekend and i go okay let's see what they got going on and the guy that owns the place will do these like weird little youtube videos mm -hmm. to promote stuff and uh where he's like doing selfie videos it's like hi it's steve at fundamonium and this is why we <laughs> here's some people playing D D, and then it's like oh crap that's me standing there ah i'm on camera this sucks uh, <laughs> i hate playing D D there <laughs> hey it's steve from fundamonium is my new voicemail greeting <laughs> yeah 
Um, so he goes, we're having a Memorial Day sale all weekend or clearance. Like we're having a Memorial Day clearance sale all weekend. Like here's the clearance tables. Let's take a look at what's on the clearance tables. And then he's just sort of like running the, the camera over the tables. And like they, they carry a lot. The fundamonium is like really big and they're not just mm. a game store. In fact, they're kind of a bad game store. Like they have some game stuff, but not a lot. And they don't get new product in very often. But, you know, like maybe they got something you need. Um, so they, they, they got like board games and they got like a lot of model kits. They had a bunch of model kits, like including some Gundam kits. And he like was very specific to point that out. He goes, we got a couple Gundam kits here. You almost never see those go on any kind of a sale. So if you're a Gundam builder... Uh... <laughs> Come get, take your shot. Don't let um, him know about the entirety of Japan. <laughs> um, well, I, I can't even think of anywhere else in the area you would even get Gundam models. So yeah. maybe it's just they don't put them on sale very often. <laughs> That's what I think that actually means. Yeah. I'm just hypothesizing here. <laughs> yeah. So he's going up and down these tables and I'm like, I don't, there's nothing on here that I care about. And he goes, oh, over here are miniature gaming stuff. We got some miniatures available. And he just like skims over. And I'm like, I spy a lot of underworld stuff. Hey, girlfriend, we're going to Fundamonium. <laughs> Get your purse. Ooh. <laughs> we got to go. So we zip on up there. And uh, so everything was 40% off. Oh, boy. That Well, that they had. Well, not everything was 40% off. But everything that was on the clearance tables was 40% off. Let me phrase it that way. Um, so I grabbed stuff I didn't have. So I grabbed the uh, Far Striders uh, yep. Warband, which are the Crossbow Boy Stormcast uh, with a bird. One mm -hmm. of them's got a bird. And the Magor's Fiends, which are like corn. Yeah, Which, that guy's got. Well, a mouth they're not in his... like corn. They're they're corn. Yeah, that, that, that guy's got a mouth in his belly, if I remember correctly. Does he? Sort of an implied. I I remember just priming Magor. Magor took me a while to get the the paint inside the stomach cavity. Oh, maybe he did. I haven't looked at it that close. Yeah, he's just he's got a really, a real violent torso. That guy. Oh, I would hope so. He's corn. corn I know. Boy. That's, they're the one with the big dog, right? Yeah, they come with a flesh hound. Yeah. Called flesh hounds. The big on. dog, skin dog. <laughs> <laughs> this weird neck fringe. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw flesh hounds and I thought, someone just put this miniature together wrong. That should probably be going up over the top of its head. <laughs> no, they, because the chaos gods are horrible, they decided to chin beard that entire species frills. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's like a bib. It gets all. It keeps the blood and gore from getting all over its legs. It, it looks like a chin beard. It hurts. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's the point. <laughs> so those were the only uh, warband sets I didn't have that were on clearance. Mm. But also on clearance that was underworld related was a oh, and they had some a couple forty k sets, but it was stuff I I'm, I'm not playing forty k, and I'm. I so like when you brought up kill team like 
I rushed out and I bought a bunch of Kill Team stuff mm -hmm. last September and then haven't done anything with it. I mean, that's so, been the story of me and Kill Team <laughs> since last October. So I've, <laughs> I'm yeah, very so, slowly moving towards doing something with it. Yeah, I keep getting tempted to get more Kill Team stuff, but then I'm like, I, I just, to what end? What What am I doing? And then I don't even know why I keep buying all this Underworld stuff. I haven't played Underworld either. Well, um, Underworld, at least, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to try to justify this for you so much as infect you with my justification. But Underworld is a contained game system, and every set that you add to it is just enhancing that contained system. And it has, it has, you know, several ceilings. So it's not like, it's not like 40k where you're just aimlessly, you know, putting aliens. Like, Underworld is a system you're assembling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started buying this stuff because it were, it was things that, I could use in D and D, yeah. and then I kept all the the additional stuff that came in those sets, just in case. And then I hit a tipping point where Fundamonium was doing one of their twenty percent off basket sales, so everything that fits in the basket is twenty percent off. Mm -hmm. And they had the Night Vault starter set, and I thought maybe I should just get the rules, and then maybe I'll play. Which yeah. then opened the door to I should probably just get everything. <laughs> Because, you know, the, when I got into Underworlds, I remember on the Reddit, the, the, the meta at the time was you got to get the Far Striders because they got all the best cards. Uh, them and the Sepulchre Guard have some of the best cards in the meta. The meta's changed since then, but Far Striders still matter. They're still pretty scary. Um, so have you seen those carrying cases that they make for Underworld? I have, and I, I, I did see on, for some reason, this is the thing I remembered on Twitter was that you'd gotten the carrying case and I was like, thank goodness it was on sale when you got it. I got two. Yeah. Cause they are, because they had two and they were 40% off. They aren't which like made them reasonable. They're not like bad. They're just when you see them at retail price at a games workshop, yes. you're like, "What are you doing? Like, They're come over really here, expensive." Get Gar Gary Witta, Mr. GW Games Workshop. I just decided that was just the first name with those initials. Sit down, Mr. Games Workshop. We need to have a talk about why you're trying to sell this little thing here for like fifty bucks. Because that's lunacy. Also, that zigzag foam. As far as I know, it, it does work, but like, it, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know why. Like, you know, the, the accordion yeah. Yeah. setup in well, there? I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, like, feel comfortable flipping the box around. I would want to keep it level. Yeah. Um, like, not, I'm not going to carry it sideways. And they're like, well, they're... like the books under my arm as I'm heading to school. They're, they're like, they're time like, just... traveled. They, they have a big one of those with just that foam in it for, like, the Blackstone Fortress game. They're like, oh, just put all the models in here. It'll be fine. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, if I only carry it like a pizza box, it'll be fine. But, <laughs> like, what if I put it in my bag? Uh-oh, it turned 90 degrees. Now what's happening in there? Because, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I love the, the feel of those cases. Uh, on the yeah. outside. Like, they feel super solid as a way to just, like, keep miniatures safe. And, and when it's all plastic in there, I'm sure that the zigzag stuff is fine. It's just, yeah. I need to see it, I think, in person working, and then I'll, yeah, I'll get put, it more. I haven't put stuff in them yet, but I like that there's uh, spaces for the cards and for your dice, and yeah, you could even fit the folded up uh, game boards in it. Yeah, they they put out a video of how to do that, if I recall correctly. Like on the oh, Warhammer TV uh, YouTube page. Yeah, because whenever... I'm just looking at the pictures on the site because I wanted to look up what the 
straight up retail prices. And I think I think Fundamonium already had them for ten dollars cheaper because it says fifty bucks on the website. Yeah, and I think the price tag, the Fundamonium price tag was forty. FYI, that's fifty U.S. dollars. Like in yeah. Canada, it's even real more, dollars. It's even more funny when you when you see the Canadian price and you're like, oh, plus fifteen percent tax or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I always thought it would be like nice to have. Yeah. Um, but there was no way I was going to pay that much. No way ever that i was going to pay that much and then at 40 percent off i was like well i'll just get two yeah only two well that's all they had yeah exactly and i mean i probably wouldn't have got any more but it's what they had they had two i got two um so we finished up there we're all done with our fundamonium business um and i was dropping off miniatures for because petaluma has a warhammer store now and they do a monthly painting contest which is uh terrible the way they're doing the voting this month and i hope they stop because i'm going to lose and i don't think it's fair uh, <laughs> uh but that's a whole big story uh anyway so can of worms is what i'll call it what i'll call right. it is it's already very hard to take photos of miniatures that get the paint jobs across very well and uh Thus, when that is also a context of judging, it becomes even more uh, haphazard, is what I would call it. Yeah. Well, the shortest version is voting is supposed to happen in the store. You're supposed to go into the store, look at the miniatures in the display case, and then vote. And then voting goes on for a week. So there's plenty of opportunities. Um, what the guy decided was he was going to take pictures of the miniatures, put them on Facebook, and then have people vote by likes. And as soon as he told me he was going to take pictures, I immediately thought, oh, no, I don't know if I could trust you to take good pictures. And sure enough, the pictures are not great. Or Well, they range from okay to, oh, no, you've screwed me. Which is how I feel my picture is taken because the lighting is terrible. Uh, they're semi out of focus. They're not arranged in a way where you could see all of them. Lighting is color. Not represent yes, it is not representative of my actual paint job. I'm getting screwed. Lighting temperature is off. <laughs> yeah. And the best model is not only out of focus, but so has another model holding an axe in front of its face. A hammer. A hammer in front of his face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's fine it gives me motivation to enter next time the only prize is uh your model gets displayed for the next month mm -hmm. in the store and you get a little grot or goblin for the uninitiated that was spray painted gold <laughs> but nice um like i said I need validation and I need people to um, tell me that I did a good job and pat me on the head and give me a cookie. I want my pat on the head and cookie. <laughs> I, I painted these pox walkers <laughs> so I could get a pat on the head. <laughs> I was going to go. Was, I'm, I'm going to go find you a cookie either way. Damn it. I'm on my pat on the head. But I bought those pox walkers for kill team. So I did something. <laughs> yes. But anyway, so I can't, so I've now gone into that store three weekends in a row. I cannot 
go into that place and not walk out with purchased product. Uh, the week before, I bought two sets of paint and uh, one of the Citadel water cups. I've been eyeballing that thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of impressed with it. I was just using a yellow cup from Dick's Barbecue, which Whoa! Uh, closed here in Petaluma. They're not even here in town anymore. Good. That's a collector's item. Um, yeah, they were not good barbecue. They were bad. Um, they were dicks. Yeah, but I kept one of their small yellow cups uh, and used that as a water cup. Um, this Citadel water cup is way better. I really like the ridges for helping to clean my brush. I really like the little slots that kind of sharpen the point on your yeah, brush. I they had those things at a local store for a while, and the moment I was finally like, "Hey, maybe I actually want one of these," sold out. And this are the stores where they they knock all the GW prices down fifteen percent. Uh-huh. Uh, and now I'm like, well, I don't. If I go to the actual Games Workshop, it's going to be like. It's expensive. Well, at least in American real dollars, it's eight. That's like ten. That's it hits into the double digits in Canadian dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So well, anyway, so I got their shade set. So it's a bunch of washes, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because you could at least I can not have enough washes. So now I got a gang of Citadel ones. I have a gang of Army Painter ones, and it's not enough. You wanna, I need you wanna as get, many options as possible. You want to get real hard. Go get some Reaper dropper bottles and put those GW washes into some Reaper dropper bottles. Well, I'm more likely to put the straight-up paints into the dropper bottles. That, too, but also you can do washes. Yeah. Then you, then you because... Can, uh, well, then, then you, can just drop, you can just drop some of that null oil straight out on the palette a drop at a time. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but so I also got um, on that trip the uh, Death Guard uh, starter paint set. Mm-hmm. So that that was a few paints, a brush. Um, I think the other one, yeah, the other one came with a brush and uh, three Easy Build uh, Plague Marines, which are the same Easy Build Plague Marines I bought when I was buying all this Kill Team stuff. So now I got W's on those guys. That's fine. Whatever. Um, so I got those paint sets last time. So on this trip, uh, to drop off the miniatures, I'm an idiot. I can't go in and out of that store without buying stuff. I bought a, a pot of squig flesh paint, mm-hmm. uh, because there are squigs in that, uh, that gets box, uh, for underworlds. Uh, I bought the skeleton warriors 10 skeleton warriors because that was only 25 bucks for 10 skeletons that's a bargain that's relevant to dungeons and dragons yeah i could use those with all my other skeletons. i have so many skeletons um i like painting skeletons it's fun hey i like painting you, skeletons you, you hype for that literally in the contrast paint line the one is called like skeleton paint uh i haven't seen that one specifically it has some different its name is something like more fancy and games workshoppy but it's basically they have one of the contrast paints it's just like this is the one for skeletons <laughs> and it's like all right, all right. <laughs> well i will check that out uh what is it june 18th something, something like that yeah 
pre-orders are about 10 days before. So. It's always pre-orders are on a Saturday and then they release on the Saturday. They're weird. Okay, so it's like seven days before. Uh, so I got the Skeleton Warriors because, you know, they're 25 bucks. Skeletons are cool. Can't get mad at skeletons. Uh, then I got a uh, Loon Boss just because I think he's rad looking. And because I painted a couple weeks ago a 20-something-year-old uh, Chaos Sorcerer that had a crescent moon for a head. Mm-hmm. And oh, this Loon guy. Boss is wearing a crescent moon helmet. So I figured they could be pals. Yeah. Um, so something I didn't realize uh, with that miniature, when I saw pictures of it before, I didn't look too closely, and I just assume he had a mu- mutated moon head. Uh, then I was looking at some pictures a little more close up the night before we had gone and noticed, oh, no, this is a helmet. There's like hinges and stuff. And then I was looking at pictures of the sprue that it comes on. And I went, wait a minute. There's a whole unhelmeted goblin head. Um, So like when I was when I brought it up to be rung up, the guy at the store is like, oh, just in case you you didn't realize you have to paint the goblin head first before you finish putting it together uh, because the helmet is attached to the rest of the body. So once you close up the body, the head, you can't get to the head anymore. And I went, yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get this because that's rad. (laughs) I like that. Um, Yeah. So I was kind of, I'm kind of into it. All um, right. I got to figure out how I'm going to paint mushrooms, though, because there's a lot of mushrooms in this miniature. Yeah, Warhammer TV had a guide up for that Underworld set with the big ogre who's covered in mushrooms, and that kind of... Uh, he's like a troll. The big blue man covered yeah. in mushrooms. That, uh, whatever they change trolls to. like Trollogiums. Tro- something like... It's something like that. Trollols, kind of like Orrooks. <laughs> Uh, it's something like that. Their video they had to him, change the names of everything to crap that they can copyright. Yeah. Well, their, their video for him had a whole lot of different uh, basic ideas for painting colorful mushrooms, and I found that very helpful. Yeah. So apparently that species of troll-like creature, um, they live in the, the, the under dank or whatever they call it. <laughs> And yeah. they'll just find a quiet corner and they'll sleep forever until something bothers them. So apparently, I was watching a lore video on uh, Gloom Spite Gits, and they were talking about those troll-like creatures. And so that's the only named one in the lore currently. Mm-hmm. And his little story is he was happily sleeping away with mushrooms growing on him not a care in the world and a group of Skaven tunneled up into his sleeping spot and woke him up. Uh, so he was real mad and killed all them Skaven, but now his sleeping spot has been desecrated by the filthy Skaven. So now he is in search of a new spot to sleep. Yep. And those other creatures that come in his war band are just other creatures that have started following him. Yeah, I I really like the like I've I've heard that he's not the easiest character to run, but like he of all of the the war bands, he's one of the ones where I'm like, once I get going on this game, I really want to just learn how this team works. 
Yeah. Cause I, I like, like, I like, I like his story of like everyone else is like fighting for power or treasure or control of something. He's like, I'm just on my way yeah. to it, <laughs> to taking a nap. I'm looking and, for my next bed. Yeah. And oops, these, the weird zinch mutants are in the way. Yeah. I, in demons, I guess I have to kill them. Also, they're in my path. I like that he has incidental creatures, at least one of which is full on just fungus that are like they're either following him or <laughs> even just like this actually just is growing near him. And it's like formed some symbiotic relationship. Doesn't really he doesn't really seem to care. He's he's just got this little stalagmite of fungus following him around. <laughs> uh, Seth, anything else on your end? Uh, that oh, you picked up? well, I didn't forget the other, the last thing I got on that trip. Um, so the, the container I was keeping all my army painter paints in is full. It is full. I cannot also fit all these damn Citadel paints I've been acquiring. So I got one of the Citadel paint boxes. Maybe I'm an asshole for buying it, but they fit in it and it latches shut. And I could also keep some of my tools in it. Uh, so I got that. Hey, listen, uh, I'll just say right here in front of me, start forming the line of people who want to start having a go at Seth for buying a little paint case. Just form a queue right here. And then, okay, line's full. I'll just get this bucket of water from my toilet and throw it at you. And thank you for lining up. Have a good night. <laughs> uh, it's getting the job done. As long as it works. Uh, well, very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I can put paint in it and then it is inside a box. So in that regard, it works. It is accomplishing its function. Yeah. Because I, I, I do uh, not have a permanent paint station in my house when it is D and D time or we have guests coming over for some reason, I have to break everything down and stash it in the garage. So I need to have boxes that I can put everything in to move it in and out of the house efficiently yeah and this can move you down the track towards eventually getting one of those like bespoke handmade folding wooden paint case stations from belgium oh my gosh the built-in led light option oh my gosh uh they're i think at least 150 dollars oh my gosh uh i need that money to buy all the contrast paints when they come out oh man that's one thing right I know I'm not going to go crazy on contrast paints because it's like any of these, I need to use these within a year or two because they're still in Citadel paint pots and I still don't trust those things. And the contrast paints are so specifically formatted with their pigmentation and viscosity that I'm like, I don't even really want to transfer these to dropper bottles because I'm worried I'm going to mess up something in them chemically when I do it. Because uh, I usually add a flow improver so that more of the paint comes out and I'm like, that that might actually screw with these. Well, maybe just don't add the flow improver and accept the fact that you're going to lose a small percentage. But my value. Do you, do you use a funnel or something when you do that? No, I just got real good at pouring them. Man, I would <laughs> consider getting a tiny funnel. Here's why I didn't want to get a funnel is I was like, the funnel's going to catch paint that I'm going to lose. Yeah. I have, I never had a bad spillage. Uh, and I, I think that's because paint does not pour like water. 
in just what? the in just the right way that I wasn't expecting because I don't pour a lot of paint. Where I was like, this is actually all I got to do is get that first pour to hit the right spot, and then it just goes. I don't have to do anything. Uh, it doesn't bubble and thrubble like water does. That's real words, by the way. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, Seth, I'm looking forward to seeing some more results of all the paintery. Yeah. Uh, on your on your uh, growing uh, Instagram presence. Yeah. Because uh, that be an Instagram model. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I'm getting better at taking selfies. I just got to remember to take yeah. them more often and go like, about to eat some chicken. Mm, click. Subscribe to my Patreon to have access to all my lewds. <laughs> yep, all my chicken. I got lots of photos of this chicken before it was cooked. Uh. But yeah, uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Seth, thank you for joining me. Okay. And uh, we are moving, we should say, uh, Seth, uh, your schedule is is getting very crowded and oriented towards a handful of days a week. Yeah. So, so I've decided to uh, step away as a regular member of the show. Um. It was not an easy decision, and it's been a really fun 10 years. Yeah, and as always, the door is always open. Just got to poke me. Uh, yeah. Also, once I get, you know, the miniatures podcast going and I take over that entire uh, <laughs> demographic, Seth will be right there. So it's, you, won't, you won't even notice. You just have to go find a miniatures podcast. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I, as I said, um, door is always open, and the worst thing to do is have like a 90 to 180 minutes every week in a week that's already getting extremely hard to fit everything else in. Yeah. And uh, another part of it is like my toy collecting um, hasn't been a big priority. I've scaled way, way back on everything, uh, including Transformers. And just over the like past couple of months, um, I, I've been really out of touch with the news. So, like, when we would have topics, that was almost always the first time I was hearing about things. And I felt like I was really just BSing my way through a lot of the show. And, and, uh, the, I, I just, along with like my schedule issues, um, I just, kind of was starting to feel like it wasn't fair to the listeners it wasn't fair to uh the the rest of you guys who are way more engaged and it gives an opportunity for you to bring in like either rearrange tj and aaron if that's what you want to do bring in someone fresh i'm gonna um, rearrange them you just i'm gonna rearrange their faces <laughs> i'm gonna put friggin i'm gonna have put tj on top of aaron gonna make him sit in one yeah. chair but it, it could really help the show, too. Um, and I'm going to make Aaron face away from his microphone and shout <laughs> for the entire recording. Yeah. Be like, we're freshening it up! Yeah, but, you know, my involvement with this show uh, gave me a lot of really great opportunities over the years. I got to meet a bunch of voice actors and have a really good time. So it, it all I was thinking about all day at work today was do i really want to do this like as in do i really want to stop and it is a hard choice and i didn't come to it lightly yeah and uh 
you know the the way the internet works is like in, with with a podcast like this it, it's what we lose is like one regular venue of voice chat but we're not like separating as individuals and also i still need to at some point force seth to talk to me a little bit about the bumblebee movie uh on on some 30 minute period somewhere down the road it's the best transformer movie done yeah there we go so i just gotta remember to splice that in whenever (laughs) (laughs) we actually talk about the bumblebee movie but yeah like i would like to do a podcast again in the future um if it's more general geek topics if it is another specific topic that i'm more directly engaged with i don't know uh, I wanted to do a D&D podcast that still can happen. It's mm-hmm. just uh, I wanted to get some experience under my belt of DMing with the current system because I haven't DMed since, since like 1993, and I haven't been able to get the time together to get that going. So that won't be anytime soon, if ever. <laughs> but... uh. I got beliefs it will happen. I would happen. like to be back. You have so many manner. skeletons, it's got to happen. Yeah, but if it's an audio podcast, uh, we can't really <laughs> use miniatures. <laughs> it's, a, it's for your visualization. You need to have the little skeletons, you know, doodle around on the graph paper so you know where everyone's at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also any TFCon or other convention uh, is always going to be a venue, especially if they keep doing Westy ones. In the, yeah. we're, even if you're not in tune with Transformers, ain't no one's going to allow you to not go to one of those. They're going to go, you know, you'll suddenly get this notification at work. They're like, yeah, we got your time off request. You're like, what time off request? Hey, uh, they didn't even know I was coming to that last one. That's right. <laughs> I could uh, very easily sneak in unnoticed. <laughs> Actually, Colin, Colin said that. He goes, I didn't even know you were coming. Oh, geez. Like, thanks, well, thanks, Colin. Shows how much you care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure stuff out both in uh, in the continued saga of uh, Seth and the Transformers, uh, Seth and podcasting, and also whatever we do with this podcast. We're just, we're just like I always say, we're just rolling with it. We're make we're we're making things. So stay tuned for whatever happens next. Uh, and also, you can always find Seth on Twitter uh, and on Instagram. He's Seth Buzzard on Twitter. He's uh, oh, now I for- I said it before. Crap, I'm there's, not on the page either. There's underscores um, in it. Seth Paints Minis? Was it Seth Paints Minis? Seth underscore painting underscore minis. Present tense painting. Seth Painting on Minis. Instagram. Instagram.com slash Seth underscore painting underscore minis. Seth Buzzard on Twitter. Uh... Seth Buzzard on TFW 2005. I'm sure if you send him enough PMs, he'll eventually get email notifications. But yeah, I will talk to I will talk to you later. Uh, that's you, Seth, not the listener. Uh, okay, I thought you were going around me, like no, leaning yeah. leaning eh, past to to say yeah. over my shoulder to the listeners. Hey, I'll talk to you guys later. This, this guy is finally finally got this. Finally got this albatross off from around my neck. No! <laughs> this is directly to Seth. Seth, looking at you. I'll talk to you later. Looking at listeners. I don't know. I'll talk to you, whoever you people are. I'll talk to you. Uh, Chris has a 
Chris has a board on his wall with all the uh, co-hosts. <laughs> and TJ and Aaron are the only ones that aren't scribbled out yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got like big arrows pointing at them with exclamation marks and question marks with the word when. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we were on mic um, and I was telling Chris, uh, because I just sprung him on all this on him today. Um, as I was telling Chris, like where I was feeling and what I th- thought I should be doing, um, I could hear like the squeaking of a, of a marker on the, on the board as he's I'm like, yeah, so I think I maybe should be stepping away. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Seth, were you always just unrelated question? You, we you don't always... even have to do this episode if you don't want <laughs> you, you into red strike through or, or green strike through. Just curious. Oh, well, green's my favorite color. Well, okay. That was unrelated. Uh, but no, it, obviously, uh, you're always welcome back on here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, obviously, we'll sort something out. So uh, until we do, which is not going to take forever, we're going to, we'll sort, it's going to be, listen. I've recorded by myself reacting to two people talking to a version of me whose audio has disappeared. We'll figure something out. This it's fine. We'll <laughs> we'll uh, we'll make it through. But in the meantime, uh, thank you, Seth, for coming by uh, many times. In fact, uh, hang on a second. Let me do the math here. At least two hundred and fifty or so times, uh, plus or minus another. 30. Uh, and also thanks to all you listeners for listening. Uh, we will talk to you again. And until then, stay safe and uh, don't eat paint, no matter what all the mini painters on YouTube tell you to do. It's weird. Don't do it. Bye. I mean, I'm not leaving it at that. Seth is basically our one founding member. This podcast wouldn't exist without Seth kickstarting the idea back in like 05, 06, or 07, somewhere in the blob of those pre-08 bot cons. If he was actually uh, here on line with me, he probably would tell me specifically. But the idea was his, and without his pushing for the idea, it never would have happened. There are other people who were involved at the start, of course, but Seth was the one who put the idea in and who kept doggedly pushing it. So this is the stepping back of our one true founding member. Also, without podcasting with Seth, I probably would never have discovered Giant Bomb, which has led my personal media preferences and productions in all sorts of very specific small directions. I would never have probably played Mass Effect at all unless he had sent me a copy. And that's not even mentioning how the only reason I got into World War Robot in 3A is because of Seth's deafening enthusiasm. So there's a whole lot of little cultural and formative experiences from the late aughts, early 2010s that I entirely owe to Seth, along with this entire podcast existing. So I just wanted to throw together a little message here at the end to say thank you, Seth, so much. Anyway, I'll stop there before I start trying to recollect, like, strange convention stories. If you're still listening to this, dear listener, please go shower Seth with some thanks and adulations so we can get him all choked up when he listens to this and then goes and checks his messages across the internet. Let's go and 
bombard him and draw out all of those emotions that dwell within his avian heart. And, you know, go and like his photos on Instagram, too, if you could, please. Thanks. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. 